0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty podcast, presented by the Fantasy Holics. Um, coming at you as always is Bo and Brant. Um, we're gonna come at you with the uh, AFC South today, and um, I'll go ahead and let Bo kick it off with the defending champs, and uh, let's let's just jump straight into this.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, we're starting to dwindle down quite a bit here. We've got uh, three divisions left to break down, including the AFC South today. Um, and and we talked about it a little bit earlier. This is kind of one of those divisions that's a little less ex- exciting, uh, certainly comparatively to some of the divisions that we still have left to do. Absolutely. Um, but, but we'll go ahead and kick right on off with the uh, the reigning AFC South uh, champions in the Tennessee Titans. Um, and, and we'll just get the obvious one right out of the way here, right off the gates. Uh, it, it's Derrick Henry for me uh, is, is the stud in this in this offense, obviously. Uh, and it was really easy to put Derrick Henry uh, as the stud in this team, uh, given the fact that a lot of people are starting to fade him due to injury concerns. Um, I mean, you know, last year Derrick Henry missed, you know, a, a few games um and it took what like four weeks or so um for the next person to catch up with yards after contact uh after he left if, if i'm if i'm on my quick stats here right uh and, and this is just a an offense that's just genuine genuinely built for derrick henry's success um and, I, you know, I just have a hard time thinking that anything else on that offense is going to be a bona fide stud. You know, he played eight games last year and still finished as in, a, in PPR formats as the running back 21. So that, that's pretty incredible when you consider uh, he missed over half the season and was still able to, to uh, have 10 touchdowns uh, and 937 yards rushing. So, I mean, Derrick Henry is just a wrecking ball. Uh, and where he's going in drafts now, uh, there's no question, it's, it's, it's Derrick Henry.
0: Absolutely. <coughs> the, only, the only real knock on Derrick Henry, and it's not even a knock because everyone knocks it every year, is his PPR upside. But he was actually on pace to have a uh, career year in receptions prior to getting hurt. So it's proving that they want to get him involved in the past, in the past game too. So I think you could be seeing a very easily RB1 this year from him.
1: Yeah, it's uh, interesting that you bring that up, Brant, because uh, through eight games last year, he was one reception off of tying his career high in receptions. In 2021, he had 19 last year. He had 18 through eight eight weeks. So, yeah, he's a guy that, I mean, if – with what he does on the ground if he if he could throw in you know 40 receptions uh i mean you're talking about a guy that that is top three running back probably top one running back and in, it, in, it, in my mind it doesn't get close at that point but um anyway moving right on along uh my breakout um on this roster is actually austin hooper um and for me, it's it's uh, Austin Hooper was another one that was was pretty similar uh, to Derrick Henry. This one didn't take a whole lot of, uh, of thoughts or soul searching on this one. Um, you know, Hooper's done it in the past in Atlanta with Matt Ryan. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill has, has substantiated uh, good tight end seasons there um, with Johnny Smith prior to Johnny's exit uh, heading to New England. Uh, and I think Austin Hooper's a guy that. You know, if he if, if he finishes the season somewhere with, like, 65 receptions, you know, 700 yards and eight touchdowns, that's a guy that's going to be a tight end that, um, you know, you're drafting outside of those top 12 rounds. Uh, and this is a guy that, that gives you some uh, position uh, sustainability uh, in the later rounds. And I, and I just expect Austin Hooper to have a pretty good year there this year.
0: Absolutely. That's like you hit the nail on the head. This is a guy that we've already seen, you know, have a top 10 season. Um and going into where where really you got Robert Woods who's coming back from a torn ACL, you got Traylon Burks who you're not sure if he can even breathe quite yet. Um, so yeah, really the, the pass game is wide open there in Tennessee.
1: Yeah, and it's it's weird too because uh, the two names you have listed or that you just mentioned, I have listed on my remaining two things, um, which are is the sleeper and the dud. And and for sleeper, oddly enough, I, I actually went Robert Woods. Um, Because Robert Woods is a guy that, um, you know, time and time and again in the past, um, he's turned in fantastic seasons PPR-wise. And obviously last year he got hurt and got phased out of that Rams offense, you know, by OBJ and obviously Cooper Cup's amazing season. Um, But when you talk about Robert Woods, there's, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, yeah, in twenty or excuse me, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, and twenty twenty, this guy was a top fifteen wideout in PPR formats, uh, finishing right outside of RB, uh, wide receiver one um, numbers. And this is a guy that I think you know, in AJ Brown's absence um, and uh, Traylon Burks trying to get up to speed, this is a guy that I think you could see Ryan Tannehill you know target early and often. Uh, And I expect to see, you know, Robert Woods come back and bounce back and get where uh, a lot of people have viewed him in the past. Obviously, you know, uh, Brant, you can remember this. Robert Woods is a guy that I traded for in Dynasty, and you and one of the other guys in our league had to talk me into that trade uh, real hard because I just didn't believe it. I wasn't a Robert Woods, you know, truther, if you will. Uh, And, of course, he got hurt, and uh, I've been holding him ever since, not getting to use him. So I've got uh, Mm -hmm. some pretty lofty expectations this year, hoping to see him hit that bounce back. uh, there in Tennessee and maybe build a connection with Ryan Tannehill.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you know, I've been a truther for for the the Robert Woods train, and um, I, I like I like the fact that he gets to go into Tennessee and really compete to possibly be that number one guy. If not, you know, this year, if not just for this year, but for maybe a few more years as they get Traylon Burks back up to speed.
1: Yeah, so let's let's talk about Traylon Burks a little bit here, and um, you know, mm. for me, I I honestly think Traylon Burks is going to come in and have a respectable um, rookie campaign here. I do. I really think this guy is going to have a great career overall. Um, but my problem is, in Dynasty startup drafts, he's being drafted as the 57th overall player off the board. Okay, so this guy's going in the fifth round of Dynasty startups. There's there's just in my mind, that's just absolutely. Um, it's it's insane. It's criminal. Um, yeah. I, I just have a hard time thinking the Traylon Burks can't get healthy or is having problems with the asthma. You know, dogging it in practice a little bit is going um, in the same area as Jerry Judy, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, uh, Malcolm or Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Amari Cooper, Devontae Smith. He's going He's going in front of a lot of these guys, and that's just absolutely criminal in my mind. Um, first of all, when you look at Tennessee uh, and their passing production over the years, when Derrick Henry's healthy, they're not going to be a pass-first offense. It's not happening. Um, Ryan Tannehill's not going to throw for, you know, um, Six thousand yards and fifty touchdowns. That's just not what this offense is. It's not what it's built for. And that's not to say that you know you can't have a guy like Traylon Burks be, um, you know, a really productive part of your fantasy offense. But I don't, I don't see his value this year as a wide receiver one or two. Uh, and really, that's kind of the area he's being drafted in. You know, if you, if you're looking at the f- the fifth round and you and you've got a guy in your league or you're the guy in your league that takes you know two or three running backs to start your team. And your first or second wideout is Traylon Burks. They're just really lofty expectations, and I think you know for the first couple of years that's going to need to be tampered a little bit or tempered, excuse me.
0: Absolutely, you know, you know from last year. I've been a I've been a Burks believer. I've been on that hype train. He's he's a big-bodied guy, but his landing situation, like you, it, in a run-first offense, and you know, really they've never had a focal point wide receiver. I think it's good for him in a football career sense as he'll be, you know, even with his asthma, he gets that chance to kind of be a safe, safe play. Um, But fantasy-wise, I just – I don't see the wide receiver one, wide receiver two upside. And even after watching that preseason game week one, I know week one preseason, who really cares. But even watching Malik Willis, you're you're going into a a team that's going to have a possibly rushing QB in the future – so really, with the way that that guy moved, it, can he sustain both himself? If Malik takes over, can Malik sustain himself, Dr- uh, Derrick Henry, and and Traylon Burks, and any other you know young pieces that are coming? He's a guy that everything in the offseason with Traylon Burks has been nothing but a roller coaster up down I can't breathe all of a sudden I can breathe I'm doing looking good I can't get separation so if you want to if you want to hold on to them bars and throw your hands up in the air and go up and down this roller coaster by all means take your shot on Burks but that's that's what it is I'm not I'm not drafting him to fulfill those roles
1: this year yeah you know honestly if if I'm sitting in a draft and I'm saying okay Traylon Burks is a guy I can't leave this draft without, and you know we're all guilty of having names like that. Um, I, I'm I'm really not comfortable in the fifth round. Like I, I'm just gonna have to. If that was my guy, I'm gonna have to get over it because I, I will let somebody <laughs> else take that premium. You know, if we're talking into the sixth, early seventh, maybe even potentially, I, yeah, I could be on board with that and 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 uh, probably be a little more comfortable. But there's there's too many other names. That I'd mentioned there, that I'd much rather take a dart on, just because their offenses are more prolific um, with passing, um, or they've they've already come out and shown that they're capable of of, you know adapting to that NFL speed without having an asthma attack, I guess if you will. So uh, for those reasons, right now with where uh, Traylon Burks's ADP is, I'm I'm taking a hard pass, and and that's the really the only reason I put him as a dud. Again, I do want to to say and reiterate that I do think he's going to have a successful career, just where he's at in and Dynasty Startups. I I just have to wave the white flag.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um and us being fat guys, we uh we don't uh normally fit on roller coasters very nicely anyways. We're normally quite uncomfortable in those.
1: All right. Yeah. I mean Brant, you hit you hit the nail on the head, a couple of fat boys. We're we're gonna be out of breath running NFL routes just like Trail on as well. So we feel your pain, Mr. Burks. <laughs> we feel it. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: All right, so I'm I'm gonna jump into Houston and, and Houston? Was actually probably the hardest one I've done in a, in, in in a little bit um, going through these divisions because looking at ADP, honestly, it was really hard to find a, a a bust. I'm not saying Houston's got you know all these outstanding pieces and everything else, but it was really hard to find a bust with how low most of their pieces go. And and honestly, I really didn't write anybody down. If I had to choose one. Um, Honestly, I'd probably go David uh, go Mills because um, we're not even sure if he will be the future there in in Houston. Um, he showed that he you know had glimpses of it, um, but really that's the only one that I could possibly put as a bust in dynasty because, like I said, you just don't know if he's the one. But and and, and a lot of people are probably going to go. Well, you should have picked Brandon Cooks. I'm not picking Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is my stud. This man has. A, a, He's he's being drafted in the eighth round as the 40th wideout in, in, in uh, Dynasty Startups. Um, he's only 28, so he's not, you know, by any means over the hill of wide receiver. He's the number one target in Houston's offense. Um, he's gone over 1,000 yards all but two times in his career, okay? And those were in um, uh, 2014 where he... Um, let's see. 2014, where he only played in 10 games. And in 2019, where he, he did miss f- three full games. But so 2019 is really the only year that he played a decent amount of games that he didn't finish over 1,000 yards. And and I believe in 2019, I could be wrong, but that was the up and down year with him and the Rams. And um, that's where he was, you know, in the concussion, out of the concussion, was only playing 60% of the snaps. So. I, this guy is finished. Finished inside the top twenty. Six out of eight years. That, what better can you ask for if you're if you're drafting him as a wide receiver, forty or lower? What better can you ask for than a guy getting a thousand yards from you?
1: That's yeah. I mean, uh, Brandon Cooks is is you know that that lone bright spot really in that Houston offense. He's he's definitely somebody that's easy to get excited about uh, and. Uh, you just you feel for brandon cooks because he's kind of been an nfl journeyman for real uh and he's went from really good situations to not so much i mean he's had you know prime tom brady throwing in the ball he's had jared Goff throwing in the ball and now we've got davis mills mm-hmm. um and so uh but you know just like you alluded to uh brandon cooks finds a way to get it done every single year yeah. every single year yeah, it was
0: it was almost hard not to put him in my sleeper category too with how disrespectful he always gets in drafts. Um guys, even in even in your redraft leagues, this guy is going disrespectfully low. He's going, I believe, in like the seventh, eighth round also in redraft leagues. This guy is, is just straight every year disrespected. But instead, I went on Nico Collins as my sleeper. Um, he's he's going as the 19, 191st player off the board. Um, Collins is going into a full season with, with where he's healthy. He's getting that training camp with Davis Mills. He's probably going to be the number two option there in, um, in Houston. Um, and, and we know Houston's going to be playing from behind a lot. Like, we do know that they're not going to be winning a whole lot of games. They're going to be trailing. So they're going to have to throw that ball. And there's really not the greatest um, – pass defenses in that division either when you look at who they play. They play Jacksonville and Tennessee and yes, Andy does have a, a, a better passing uh, defense than, than most of the other league's teams in there. So I really think I really think if Davis Mills and, and Houston figure out a good way, I really think both these guys could be uh, him and, or Nico and, and uh, Brandon Cooks could both be um, valuable in fantasy, especially later in drafts.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, Nico Collins was definitely somebody that I was, you know, exceptionally excited for last year, um, and he, he just never, never was able to string together any kind of impressive performances or, or anything like that. But he's definitely a guy; the ability's there, right? He goes up and gets the ball. He can high point it with the best of them, uh, and that that Houston offense is going to have to find a way to move the ball down the field somewhere. Okay And you know If again If I'm the opposing Defensive coordinator I'm taking Brandon Cooks away That's your best weapon Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm taking it away So what's that leave It leaves Nico Collins And uh, You know It wouldn't shock me at all To see Nico Collins Get you know 85 plus targets this year uh, and if he's able to come down with you know, a decent amount of them we could see a great season from nico collins
0: absolutely absolutely and, and you talk about bringing the ball up or moving the ball up the field and and, and everything else that brings me to a breakout um and, and this guy he's 22 years old damian pierce the running back there he's come out he's really he's, he's like i say he's 22 he's a young buck in an old man's backfield with marlon Mack and, and uh rex burkhead there um and he's been turning a lot of heads in training camp. And normally I don't read into the whole, oh, he's turning heads in training camp. He's looking great in training camp. So I normally don't try to read too much into that. This guy came out on his first game. He saw five carries. He went for 49 yards. Averaging almost five yards per, or yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, and, and he, he went out there and did that, you know, in the preseason. He's, he looked very explosive. Um, he, he played, I think, I, I, what I saw, and I could be a little off on my numbers, but 87% of the snaps with the starters. That was first through third down with the starters. So, and, and he's being drafted as a 33rd running back off the board in Dynasty startups. So, you're telling me I get a chance to get a guy that's 22 years old, had a decent little career in Florida. Been turning a lot of heads in camp. Looked good in his first preseason and a number one back on a, on a team in the NFL at, the, at, at as the 33rd pick. Yeah, count me in for that one. I think this guy has a great season. Now, I have seen him slowly start to creep up in some rookie mock drafts for Dynasty Leagues. Um, I've seen him creep up all the way up to actually the 112 in, in some mocks that I've done and, and looked at. And uh, so, yeah, this is a guy that definitely later in the you know in your rookie draft is a guy I'm, I'm targeting, and definitely in a dynasty startup, this is definitely a guy I'm really looking at to to kind of put on my bench and and see what
1: happens. You know, my only knock against Damian Pierce is how how unproductive he really was in college. I mean, his senior year he had 13 touchdowns for the University of Florida. All right, which is a great number, but he only carried the ball a hundred times. I mean, this is this is not a guy that that's ever in his his, his collegiate career um, was the guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he split the backfield with like the likes of Michael P. Ryan for a couple seasons there in Florida, uh, and you know, even as a senior, he wasn't the only running back out on the field and so I worry a little bit about because you're right especially in in rookie redraft or rookie drafts you know he's really starting to skyrocket off the board and this is another one for me that you know maybe I miss out on on uh, an absolute steal of a draft because I, I want to see how it looks before I'm willing to to target this player because I just don't know what he's going to look like actually having to to be the brunt and carrying the load and you know, like you alluded to, you've got Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack on the roster, and neither of those guys are carrying the load either. I, I, I just wonder if this is going to be a literal true running back by committee, where you're going to see all three of these guys cycled through. Um, and if I, I again, I don't know where, where Damian Pierce's ADP is in, in um, startup dynasty drafts, but you know, I'm I'm not sure I'm comfortable with him being a guy that I would take in a rookie draft. Uh, again, it would depend on where his ADP was and, and dynasty startups for me to feel comfortable. I, I, I just I'm punting on Damian Pierce. I know I'm I'm in the minority on this one. I just got to see what he looks what he looks like carrying a, a bulk of a backfield load because 100 100 attempts uh, is isn't going to work in the NFL. He's just if he's going to be the guy, you're going to have to at least double that um, and, a, and a running back by committee for him to have fantasy value in my mind
0: middle of the eighth round is his ADP. I went ahead and looked it up real fast and in, in
1: startups. Not happening. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not taking Damian Pierce in the eighth round. I'd have to know what other running back names uh, were going in that similar area. But again, without seeing how he holds up and what he, what he can do with a, a bigger workload in the eighth round, there's just got to be better value for me and, and where I feel with my feelings. With
0: running backs, you're getting into the names of like, um, uh, uh Cordell Patterson and then but then you also then there's other names like Singletary and Edmonds a little bit later in the draft and Michael Carter
1: you haven't named anybody yet that I would that I would take Pierce over I Michael Carter, maybe, just because, again, I want to see what the offense looks like with Breeze Hall um, being added to it. But Cordero Patterson, I'm I'm taking him. Again, I'm a Falcons fan, so maybe this is a little bit of my own (laughs) ignorance there. But, um, you know, Chase Edmonds, you know, in Miami, potentially going to be the guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and the other one you said was I, I missed it. Singletary. Devin Singletary, again, yes, James Cook's added there. But the, the offense is more prolific than the Houston offense. I'd much rather take a shot on a back there than I would in Houston. Again, this is just my own personal affliction. And I feel for you, Brian, I do because – I, I'm not sure I would have been able to put together a list for Houston. I might have just said Brandon Cook's name for three of the four positions oh. and called it a day. Like
0: I said, I, I thought about using his name for two of the three that I actually did. The bust I just punted on because, well, everybody's ADP is in a decent area. Sure. So
1: I've So is, did that? did you get us all the way through Houston there? I did. I did. All right. Well, let's move right on into the team then that I think is going to win the division this year and Absolutely. should have probably done so last year. Um, this is a team that, I, personally, I'm thinking has a chance to make a Super Bowl run. Yes, I'm putting it out there on air, standing by it. The Indianapolis Colts. Um, again, this one's this one was. <clears throat> excuse me, it was easy, but it wasn't. Um, I, I put Jonathan Taylor as the stud on this team, but. I want to throw caution out there with this one, uh, because anytime you draft the overall running back one in the overall number one position in a draft, it rarely seems to work out. Um, because at that pos- at that pick at the one hundred and one, whoever you pick there has to finish as the number one overall player for the season. Do you get it to get your return on investment? And rarely do we see that happen. Um, but, you know, Jonathan Taylor, again, much similarly to the way that we talked about with Tennessee, this offense should run through him a little bit. And I do think with the addition of Matt Ryan coming into town, the running lane should be a little bit more open than what they even were last year with with the likes of Carson Wentz. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor last year, uh, again, it it took him a couple weeks after Derrick Henry went out, but he ended up finishing as the, the running back one last year, obviously, um, and He had last year, he he ran the ball 332 times for 1,811 yards. I, I don't see the 332 rushes this year. I just don't. Just simply because Matt Ryan is such a capable passer still, I think those numbers are going to come down a lot closer to the 300 area. But I do think he'll be more productive with those 300 attempts than what he was with, with the um, 332 last year. And I expect – last year he had 51 targets. I think he's going to be real close to that that 50 to 60 area, again, with with more productive receptions as well. Um at, at, I do want to emphasize, emphasize, though, I'm not saying that Jonathan Taylor is going to finish as the RB one next year. I, I definitely don't see him falling out of outside of the top three. But if you're drafting him at one and he finishes as a running back three, you're probably not real ecstatic about that. Um, so I, I do want to put that out there because obviously putting him at the stud, you expect him to be really good, and I think he will be really good. I just at his ADP, I'm not sure.
0: It's it's He's, hard to figure uh, out who's going to live up to that ADP when um, we haven't had back to back RB ones and. Uh, probably almost a decade.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on into into my. Let's go to my breakout because we're gonna save my sleeper for last because I'm just too passionate about it. And Brandt, that'll be a dead giveaway to you who that's gonna be. So we'll just save that for that point. But my breakout is is Paris Campbell, um, mm-hmm. and and this is <laughs> this is a guy that. Um, I've given one too many chances to probably every year since he's been in the league. Um, I've rostered him at some point his entire career, (laughs) um, waiting for that breakout and there's been injury after injury. Um, and right now, I I only call him a breakout because where Matt Ryan's at right now, he's better than what Phillip rivers was. when Phillip rivers was in Indy. Matt Ryan's always going to be better than Carson Wentz in my mind. And, Right now, Paris Campbell's the 241st player off the board <laughs> in Dynasty Startups. That's that's like the third pick in the 20th round.
0: It's like right? don't even touch him.
1: <laughs> and so, if I can if I can get a guy that late, uh, okay, this is this is where you're throwing darts at the end of your draft. You have filled out your starters. You've probably got most of your bench rotation done. Now you're just looking for guys that maybe diamonds in the rough. Paris Campbell could be just that. Uh, again, we're talking about Indy having, in my mind, probably the best quarterback they've had since Andrew Luck was there, and you're talking about, um, you know, in front of them, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, and that's probably about it. And so, uh, you know, I, I just think that at the value at that point in the 20th round is 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 worth the the upside, the um, possibilities there with with Paris Campbell are enough to make me take a gamble on it absolutely there's there's
0: nothing wrong with that in the 20th round i am laughing because i've i've kind of been on that same train too i'm when waiting for this guy to get his chance get his opportunity and uh this definitely should be his best year to get that opportunity
1: uh, yeah let's uh should be yes and i and i think the only thing that holds paris Paris Campbell back as Paris Campbell. I mean, he's only 25 years of age.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's only he's only he's going into his fourth season. But but here's the kicker: he's played 15 games for <laughs> years. So when you average five games a year, you're you're gonna you're gonna be you know really underwhelming in what you put out there I mean this guy's never been targeted more than 25 times in a season uh just because he's not been on the field and so maybe you're you're scratching your head listening to this going uh how can you consider that a breakout <laughs> well if he has 30 receptions this year it's a breakout for Paris Campbell <laughs> uh and it is somebody that I'm excited about so seven, we'll g- seven
0: games good. and 30 targets <laughs>
1: 30 receptions
0: 30 receptions
1: 30 targets would be a career high too though at this point but nonetheless <laughs> um so he doesn't drop dirty, it very right? often he doesn't you're right he does he does not he's not a league leader in drops um <laughs> let's move into my dud here and uh very similarly to what i did with san francisco's running backs last year i'm doing with uh, indianapolis tight end room all right um so, again, you've got Matt Ryan coming in who has had tight ends in the past, like Algie Crumpler, Tony Gonzalez, Austin Hooper, Kyle Pitts. Uh, he, Matt Ryan's had very relevant tight ends his entire career. My problem with this roster <laughs> is you've got Mo'Ally Cox, and then you've got a guy named Kylan Granson going into his second year, and you've got an absolute freak of an athlete in Jelani Woods coming into his rookie season. Um... The problem there, to me in my eyes, and why I made, made this a dud is, how do you dif- differentiate there? Um, you know, obviously your gut says moali Cox has been the guy the last couple of years. It's probably going to be Mo'Ally Cox, um, but you probably have to go back to what Dallas Clark in Indianapolis to name a irrelevant fantasy tight end. I mean, there was there was high hopes in Indy when you know Trey Burton was there. Uh, you know, I just. I hesitate on that position a lot this is this is one of those teams that if if I you know, Miss out on the big three tight ends, and and I put up the position to later in the draft. I'm looking elsewhere just because <laughs> I just don't know how that shakes out. If I get one of those big name tight ends, and maybe I'm looking to add roster space later, I, I could see myself picking up a guy like, you know, Jelani Woods, like I, I know you did in our in our Fantasy Hollux Dynasty Startup Draft. Um, and I and I think at some point down the line, I could I think Jelani Woods has got the athletic ability to become a problem in the NFL. But typically, with the exception of like you know your Kyle Pitts's and your Pat Fiermuth's, the tight end position takes a little while mm-hmm. to uh, uh, to develop. And Jelani Woods is raw, at, at, at putting it nicely when it comes to um, the the decision making the you know the blocking aspects of things he's a freak when it comes to going up and getting that ball and making guys miss and and moving the ball when he's got it but i i just i'm holding off on that position it's one i'm punting i'm staying away from that from that tight end position now let's get into my sleeper okay my sleeper is being oh brain i'm gonna have a hard time getting through this because i feel disrespected my sleeper is a guy who's being drafted 238th overall in the 19th round of 12-man drafts that is none other than the former mvp himself matt ryan this is a quarterback who is going to have his best offensive line Mm -hmm. of his career this season the best defense of his career this season, the best running game of his career. This season, Matt Ryan is a guy that he's still so capable of putting up numbers. This is again why I'm thinking this team's got a chance to make a make a deep run in the playoffs uh, and cause a lot of people problems because Matt Ryan can manage a game, all right. Matt Ryan can do things with a football that is grossly underrated. And listen, if you're telling me that for 18 rounds, I can draft skill position players for my fantasy team and have insane depth at wide out tight end running back and get my starting quarterback in the 19th round. This is the the name that I target in the 19th round if I'm waiting that long. In a draft with me, Matt Ryan's probably not staying on the board that late. Again, Falcons homerisms. uh, I'm probably not letting Matt Ryan go that late. I know you're, you're not as big of a Matt Ryan lover and fan as I am, but I know you all honestly would admit that this is Blasphemy that Matt Ryan is going in the nineteenth round. My heart hurts saying it, having to write it down on my notes beforehand. When I went and looked it up, I was my jaw dropped. I was just beside myself that people are willing to pass on Matt Ryan in the best offense minus the (laughs) weapons on the outside. Obviously, yes, I know Andy's got nothing that compares to a prime Julio, Roddy White, or Tony G. That's great. But everything aside from his whiteouts and his tight ends are better than he's ever had in his entire career here. <laughs> yeah, even you might even make the argument this might be the best head coach he's had. Okay, in Frank Reich, because there was some there was some real stinkers as head coach at Atlanta in Matt Ryan's time, and, and I just think this is this is going to be Matt Ryan's year. I think he he gets back to you know, a guy that has to be feared and respected around the league this year. And if I can get that guy in the 19th round, man, I feel like I've won my draft.
0: Absolutely. Um, um, I'm laughing because this is a man who just threw the ball 560 times last year. I've literally sat here in my my redraft league that I'm in, and um, I can't tell you how many times I've gone through mocks in that, and I leave that draft without a quarterback, and I go, meh. I've got Deshaun Watson, who's going to be on my IR. It looks like I'm picking up Matt Ryan. No problems with that at all. This, this, you're absolutely right. This, it's, it's disrespectful not even putting this this man up there. And and and
1: you know he's he's going into his his fifteenth season in the league, and only six of those times was he not a quarterback. One, okay, only six. Uh, so again, this is over sixty six percent of the time. This guy's going to be a quarterback one uh, in your in your twelve man leagues, and he's going in the nineteenth round. I just you know, uh,
0: and one of those okay. years was last year. And who in the world was he really throwing the ball to? Because you lost Ridley early. You had a ride receiver as a running back. You had um, Zacchaeus and Russell Gage were really the biggest names that were probably
1: on there. Well. Kyle Pitts, obviously. But, Pitts, too. You know, Kyle Pitts also only had one touchdown yeah. all season last year. So, yeah, Matt Ryan had his worst receiving core of his entire career last year, and uh, he still finished as the quarterback 20, so that means there were still plenty of guys that were finishing well behind him. Yeah. So, uh, fade fade this guy at your own risk. I'm not willing to do so.
0: Absolutely not. So, that's, that's going to bring us to the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, a team that sh- should um, do a lot better this year than they did last year. Yeah. Um, just basing on uh, their coaching staff now. We shouldn't have uh, all them distractions. So I'm going to save my dud for um, the end because um, I have a feeling we're going to have a little controversy between you and me with it, although it's kind of... It
1: jo- is it Josh Lambeau because his leg still hurts? No, no, no,
0: no. I put him as my stud, I thought. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, I'll put that right into my stud. In my stud, I'm going with Trevor Lawrence. Um, here I look at a guy that that um, he, he's a second-year quarterback who's primed to have a second-year breakout uh, with a new coaching staff. Um, and, and I know it was, like I said, it's really hard to find a stud on this team um, Everybody has decent ADPs, but um, I, I picked Trevor Lawrence because this guy is being drafted outside of the top ten. Um, he's going as the 15th quarterback off the board, which I, I honestly believe with the mobility that that, um, that he does have, I know he doesn't run out of the pocket on design runs or anything else, There's mobility and the weapons upgrade, they definitely pay, paid money to get him weapons and and a better coaching staff this is a guy that being drafted as a 15th overall qb could easily slide into the top 12 top 10 of qbs so that's why i put him there as my stud
1: yeah, you know, Trevor Lawrence was one of those guys that you – I know you and I had this argument last year. Uh, it would be interesting to know if you remember that. I, I, I was on record saying this is one of those can't-miss quarterback prospects coming out of the out of college, you know, uh, very similarly to, you know, the way Peyton Manning and, and Andrew Luck were can't-miss prospects. Uh, and I do still think Trevor Lawrence is going to become one of those guys. Um, you know, I, you almost feel like you have to give him his rookie year back just because of how bad <laughs> – and how much turmoil that entire team was under last year. Um, but, man, I'm not sure they did a whole lot to, to upgrade his weapons down there. Um, you know, the the $85 billion way overpay deal they gave Christian Kirk. Um, You know, I, I just – I'm not sure that the firepower is there for Trevor Lawrence to um, – to, to really take a huge step this year, but obviously, I think it's still going to be a, a you know a big step compared to where he was last year.
0: Absolutely, and and with with the eighty five billion dollars that they they put out for um, um, Christian Kirk, um, it, I think that when they sign these guys, do I think they overpaid? Yes, but I think when they sign these guys, they sign these guys because it almost caters to the strength of Trevor Lawrence. Um, the receivers do a lot of, you know, slot guys running the short routes, allowing him to get comfortable. So I think they more sign these guys as a, as a cater to uh, Trevor Lawrence's strength. If you remember correctly, Peyton Manning didn't have the greatest rookie year
1: either. This is true.
0: So um, Andrew Luck, I'm pretty sure, did have a pretty decent year. I, I don't know. He, he was, didn't. Yeah, so. he didn't. Um, and, uh, well, Christian Kirk, I guess, will bring me to my breakout. Um, going as the 110th player off the board, um, outside the top 50 wide receivers. So all he's got to do is, you know, finish, you know, inside the top 50. And I guess he broke out. Um, he actually finished as the wide receiver 26 in PPR
1: last year in Arizona. So he's got to be the wide receiver 25 this year for a breakout.
0: No, I yeah. that if he, as long as he outdoes his, his
1: draft position outside the top 50, he should be
0: fine. Um, okay. He finished just shy of a thousand yards last year, and you got to think he was in, last year he was in Arizona and he was sitting behind um, DeAndre Hopkins for most of the year. Rondell Moore had a good, strong, you know, coming on before he went up and down. Um, and uh, and then you got Kyler Murray always running the ball. So I, I just feel like Christian Kirk being drafted that late in drafts, he's he's got a good chance to become the number one wide receiver there in um, in um, Jacksonville. And you and me went over this schedule the other day, and Jacksonville's schedule looks rough. There was a lot of yes. games that you and me both talked. We're like, yeah, they they, they definitely could be an improved team with the coaching staff. We, we were thinking maybe, you know, four to five wins maybe, and then we went over their schedule, and I think we barely got to three. So this is a team that's going to have to air the ball out. And uh, I think Christian Kirk has a good opportunity to break a 1,000 yards and and see upwards of eight touchdowns. And I don't think he's going to come out and just, you know, be a top 12 wide receiver. No, absolutely not. This guy can definitely easily, in my mind, finish inside top 36, though. Okay. And then that's going to go to my sleeper. Marvin Jones Jr. Why are we not talking about this guy more? This man... He's going, you know, outside the top 220 players. Um, he always seems to si- find himself inside the top 35 in PPRs in PPR so leagues. Still,
1: still in front of in front of Matt Ryan, though.
0: Yeah. Yes. Ju- yes. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Let me get back to my spot now because <laughs> you got me a little. Sorry, I'm on
1: my soapbox. I apologize. I,
0: I don't blame you, man. That's it's it's disrespectful, but I mean we don't have to you got to let me get on my box. You know that ADD kicks in and I get lost. So this is a man that Marvin Jones, and he's he's up there in age, so I get it, why he falls in ADP and everything else. But in all but, let's see, let me count them real fast. One, two. We won't count 2014 because he didn't play. Three years he's finished outside the top 35. As a wide receiver, uh, last year he finished. Okay, last year he finished his thirty-three. He did play seventeen games. This this is a guy that I. The, the, why is he getting drafted so late? He he always seems to find himself as a red zone threat for most teams. Um, for any team that he's been on, he's always been a red zone threat. He's always been you know near, like I said, the top thirty-six wide receivers. So. Uh, Yeah, he's definitely a sleeper in my book if I get him outside the top 220, you know, 220 players.
1: Yeah, he's probably a little bit better of a sleeper than uh, Paris Campbell, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, You know, again, Marvin Jones, um, you know, much in the way that you were in love with Kenny Galladay when Kenny Galladay left Detroit, Marvin Jones was my guy when he left Detroit, and... Honestly, I wasn't able to get him anywhere. I don't own any stock in him. I didn't even know he put up as good of a year as he did last year in Jacksonville. Uh, so that's definitely, you know, an interesting um, to hear that he was still, you know, right around that wide receiver three number last year. Uh, and obviously, honestly, if you're in a league that runs a dual flex, uh, spot and you're potentially starting four wide receivers or three wide receivers every weekend. If you're getting a guy right around that 36 mark, it's, it's not a bad spot to, to have for a flex. I I just didn't realize Marvin Jones Jr. was 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 still putting up numbers that good.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you know, just a little decent year. Nothing, you know, nothing to write completely home about. But, I mean, um, all right, so we're going to go to. Better than,
1: better than Kenny Galladay, though. Really? 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 I, I, Just so the people at home know.
0: I still have Kenny Galladay in our Startup Dynasty League. Is that what you want me to say?
1: (laughs) Pretty sure he was your first wide receiver taken off the board in that draft, too. I might rip that sticker off
0: if that board ever comes back out. Um, So we're going to hit my bust right quick.
1: Um,
0: Travis Etienne is my bust. Um, He's going as the... Sixteenth running back off the board, thirty-sixth player overall. With Robinson returning so early from injury, now I, once again I don't expect Robinson to be explosive like he was. Um, but even if Robinson gets to back to seventy-five percent, he's going to spill some of the work. If he gets back, if Robinson somehow gets back to hundred percent and looks like he did, there's no way you can just bench this guy. Undrafted rookie. Uh, Travis Etienne actually now has competition in his way. I think uh, Etienne still will be the um, uh, number one on there, but I just don't know if they stay in the games long enough. If he's going to be involved leading up to that blowout, or if he's going to have to wait till the like, the end of the game to be in the two minute drill. And I'm sorry, when you're in the two minute drill, yeah, it's great to get your running back to. You know, catch some passes, but if you're in the two-minute drill for the entire fourth quarter, odds are they're not looking for checkdowns. They're looking to air that ball out. So, uh, and I invested in Travis Etienne. I know you invested in Travis Etienne and your other dynasty league. I absolutely love Travis Etienne. We both really liked him coming out of college. It's just starting to look like a little more difficult to trust him fully at that 16th overall wide receiver spot. Um because we also running back know, spot. huh? Running back spot. Yes, running back. Sorry, because um, we all know that uh, was it. Uh, Peterson, his new coach, likes to run committees. He doesn't commit to just one running back. And really, when the first depth chart came out. Um, ETM wasn't even listed as the number one. He was listed as the number three in the first depth chart, and I think it was just the one right before the week one that he moved up to number two. James Robinson still is still technically listed as the number one. I know it doesn't mean a whole lot, but that's something to actually keep you know an eye on.
1: Well, here here's where I have to argue for Travis Etienne a little bit, okay, um, and. It, First of all, let me let me preface this by saying if Travis Etienne comes out and has one carry, one carry all season for five yards and then he never plays again this year, it's still a heck of a lot better return on your investment than it would have been wherever you drafted him last year. Okay, So there's that. Number two, he's reunited. We've made a big deal all offseason. A lot of people have, not I, uh, have made a big deal about Marquise Hollywood Brown being reunited with Kyler Murray because it's that college-connected connection Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville is reunited in Clemson of the South. Um, you know, th- those guys had a lot of success together in college, obviously. And uh, now the pairing actually should, as long as uh, knock on wood that Etienne doesn't suffer, uh, you know, an, ease, an early uh, season ending injury again we should get to see that that college duo back together and you know i look for there to be a lot of chemistry like like the, like they never left anything off and my only um hesitation on the james robinson more love than travis Etienne. you can't even i can, and i can't even really use the argument of draft capital because the the coaching staff that is there this year had nothing to do with etn's draft capital last year and and james robinson being undrafted um but ETN is, is going to be with them for four more years. James Robinson is not promised anything after this year. Um, so I, I just – I think this is one that's going to probably start out this season as a 50-50 share, but I think ETN is obviously a lot more explosive. He's probably a lot more polished overall than James Robinson is. There's a reason James Robinson was undrafted and Travis ETN was a first-round draft pick. Um well, he probably shouldn't have been a first-round draft pick with the, the, the current trend on running backs, um, but nonetheless, E.T.M. would have been drafted, whether it was in the first round of Jacksonville or, or second, third round someplace else, and James Robinson wasn't. Again, James Robinson has been amazing, probably one of the best uh, undrafted uh, rookie rookies in the history of the game. Um, let me rephrase that and at least to the most recent history of the game um but again etn i think he's going to come in he's going to hit the ground running this year and he's going to show you know this is why i was picked where i was picked and this is what i'm capable of uh and i could i could definitely see uh etn at the end of the season being the leading back in a 70 in 30 a to 80 20 split somewhere in that neighborhood
0: absolutely absolutely um definitely all, all good notes there um like i said the only, only knock is is for me really is how high his adp is um in my mind it is i'm not and i'm not gonna go out like you said that you're passing on Traylon on burks at his adp and everything i think it may take a little time in dynasty leagues for etn to live up to that hype but if you're willing to hold on to that man i think you'll get your return on investment
1: um so so let me let me talk to you about this just just for a split second because there's there's some names going around ETN that I want to see which one you prefer. So Breeze Hall or Travis ETN this year. Which one would you would you take in a startup dynasty?
0: Now, I'm taking Travis ETN.
1: Okay. Um Cam Akers or Travis ETN? <laughs>
0: uh Travis ETN.
1: Okay, and then Antonio Gibson or Travis ETN?
0: God, you just really went after everybody that I dislike nowadays, huh? Uh, Travis
1: Etienne. Okay, those are all three names. Two of of those are being drafted in front of him. Uh, Breeze Hall is going a full round and a half in front of uh, Travis Etienne. uh, And then uh, Akers is going six picks before him (sighs) as well. Excuse me, my goodness there. Um, But I, I just think that uh, with the names that are you know right there, I, I, the, the, there was one that I that I left out intentionally, but it, it was Aaron Jones. I think right now in a dynasty startup, I'm probably still taking Aaron Jones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the age and AJ Dillon scare me off quite a bit. There, I, I think I'd much rather have the running back competition with James Robinson than AJ Dillon. Um, but it, really, uh, his ADP. Uh, for me, if if I'm one of those guys that I either play hero running back where I take wide receiver or tight end in the first two rounds and I need an RB1 potentially in the third round, that's a guy that I would love to to grab right there and and have as my RB1. Or if if I'm the guy who hoards running backs in the first three rounds and and you're giving me Travis Etienne as my third running back, I'm I'm over the moon. Um, So I'm comfortable with him and his ADP right there at the tail end of the third round. Uh, I, I don't think his ADP scares me at all, yeah, and that's wild for me to say because we've never seen the guy take a snap in the NFL, right? But, but that's where I'm at with UTN and his ability. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, well, I think that uh, sums up our division that we're uh, the AFC South. Um, I know this Sunday we're we're getting together. We're doing our um, work, uh, Dynasty uh, rookie draft. Uh, we're all going to come over there and have a, have some fat boy food and. I think we're gonna try to either a try to maybe recap it a little bit with the with the short cast at the end or even we'll type something up and get it you know our board out to you guys out on our web page on a Facebook and out there on the fantasy holics page uh so definitely check it out be looking for it this sunday night
1: yeah our our drafts too grant are um, usually very entertaining because there's a lot of different valuations of, of talent in, the, in this league. Um, you've got some guys that are really, really serious. I w- The good thing about this league is, that, yes, it's a work league, but there's not one person in there that doesn't really give it their a good effort. It's just some of their good efforts isn't as good as <laughs> others. Um, but, uh, you know, it would definitely be interesting because there'll be some names slide a lot later than they should, and there'll be some big reaches. Uh, and, you know, uh, this half of the fat boys dynasty podcast has no draft picks in this four round rookie draft that I'm hosting. Uh, so I'm going to be busy trying to make some, some deals, some wheeling and dealing to try to get in there somewhere. Uh, so it'll definitely be interesting to put something out over either the cast or on Facebook, just so, uh, you know, you get a real feel for how the rookie draft went for us, um, and and kind of where people's heads are at in our league. And I know, I know it's getting late in the season for rookie drafts, but oddly enough, I've got this rookie draft for this dynasty league, and then the, the following week, I have another one for another my other dynasty league that I own quite a few of the picks in. <laughs> so um, it'd be interesting to, to to see how the two leagues differ and uh, and and where some of these players fall. So. Um, Definitely looking forward to that, and uh, as always, stay hungry.
0: And stay fat,
1: my friends.